Congress, the President, the Supreme Court. We think of government and politics through the lens of what is happening in Washington. But we are far more affected by our local officials, community volunteers, and everyday citizens than anything decided in D.C. This podcast brings these stories to you through conversations with the people shaping our lives in our communities. I'm Jack Clett. Born and raised in South Jersey, I know firsthand the strength of our neighborhoods. At 16, I volunteered for my congressman, where I learned that constituent service is a primary responsibility of any elected official. Constituent service is another name for good government. These are the good stories of government doing good in our towns, our boroughs, our municipalities, our counties, our regions, our state. I'm Jack Lett, and this is For the Public. Happy Labor Day weekend, South Jersey. What a month it has been. Nationally, our country has been processing through our exit from Afghanistan, an apparent infrastructure deal that could amount to upwards of $4.5 trillion in new capital and social improvements. And more recently, the U.S. Supreme Court's refusal to block a Texas law providing for strict limits on women's reproductive rights. These stories will continue to play out on the national and global stage. Meanwhile, we'll stay closer to home. And no doubt about it, a lot has been going on in South Jersey. We'll get to some of the ways national stories are playing out locally. But first, I'd like to introduce you to someone making a difference. One South Jersey food scrap at a time. Katie Doherty, welcome to For the Public. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So, uh, Katie, you know, when we were talking about wanting to have you come on the podcast, uh, we were talking about what this podcast is all about. And it's really about all the great things going on in South Jersey. And a lot of times we focus on, you know, having local government officials on or uh, local organizations that are doing really good, good deeds and good work uh, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, for our towns, for our boroughs. Uh, congratulations, because uh, Garden State Composting is the first business that we've ever had on For the Public. So welcome. Thank you, Thank you so you, much. <laughs> you got it. Um, and, you know, I really look at this as a, uh, a for benefit business, because um, the work that you're doing uh, is really, well, I'm not going to say uh, uh, how your work is benefiting um South Jersey and, and the planet. Uh, I'll let you do that. Uh, but let's first kind of focus a bit on your South Jersey story. So uh, tell us a bit about your relationship with, with South Jersey. Yeah. So um, I've lived here my whole life. I was born and uh, lived in Merchantville for the first you know little bit and then um, grew up in Haddon Township. And um, I went away to school. I went to New Hampshire um, for environmental conservation and sustainability and came back to Jersey when I was done. Um, So I really love it here. I lived on Cooper River. So I lived right across the street from a beautiful park and I got to see a lot of the natural beauty of the state, which a lot of people, you know, maybe who aren't from here don't realize that that exists and it does. But everyone who is from here and loves it knows that it does and that was always really inspiring for me and um really kind of led my path to care about the environment and about our planet so well i really do uh well first uh, it, you you are a neighbor basically i mean you're a stone's throw away i'm here in collingswood so right. 
So welcome, neighbor. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, and right now I, I'm in Haddon Heights. That's where I live now. So oh, perfect. All right. So yeah. a true neighbor. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> um and, and I agree with you. I mean, Cooper River is lovely. In fact, I was just there um uh last night um uh, along Cooper River. And you know, I think that our one of the, the things that our, our county government does really well is is take good care of our of our parks. And yeah. uh, I feel like they do a, a better job. And a lot of that, a better job every year. And a lot of that has to do with really the advocacy of, uh, of citizens, of, of our neighbors here in, in, in South Jersey uh, and yeah. in Camden County. So uh, what inspired you, what, what inspired your interest in environmental sustainability? Well, um, it's been like a whole lifelong thing, I'd say. My parents um, are what you could call hippies. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, I went to the uh, Waldorf School in Philadelphia, and a lot of what um, we did there was very much connected to the planet. And really, like instead of learning, you know, what some kids might be learning at that time, as you know, first, second, third graders, we were learning how to, you know, make things out of grass and weave, you know, flower crowns and how to build stuff with our hands. And a lot of it was really connected to the earth. We spent almost all day outside and. Um, Beyond that, my parents always, um, specifically my mom, really has always cared a lot and instilled that in, in me and my brothers. Um, and I think probably towards the end of high school, going into college is when I started to learn more about climate science and about um, climate change. Um, and I had wished then that I'd known about it sooner. Um, so that inspired me to pursue that as, uh, you know, my education and my career, because originally I was thinking I wanted to teach sustainability um, and climate science to younger kids, because like I said, I had wished that I had known earlier. Um, I wish that it was something that was taught to everybody. Um, and so I decided that was what I was going to go to school for. Um, I went to Westchester for one year for um, environmental health which was not what I thought it was going to be. It's a lot more about, um, you know, industrial hygiene, things like that. So I transferred to the University of New Hampshire um, and studied environmental conservation and sustainability there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just been kind of my entire life has been, um, you know, learning about this stuff and it becoming more and more important to me as I've learned more. So I I'm curious, you know, you you decided that you were going to teach this, but at some point you made a decision that you weren't going to teach it, that you were instead right. going to uh, create a business whose mission uh, was to better the, the planet, kind of, you know, one house's scrap at a time. Yep. <laughs> so, so exactly how did that come to be? So when I graduated from college, which was only, I guess now, almost two years ago, so not that long ago, um, you know, it was right before the pandemic and I had been planning to, um, get a teaching certificate, uh, and teach, uh, children and try to get an environmental science job or even, you know, do one of those guest speaker things that you do at schools that we've all, we all experienced that when we're in high sure. school and below. Um, but then, you know, life changed for all of us and, um, I was working, at uh, United by Blue in the city. Um, I was the, I was an assist, assistant manager there, 
So it was great because I was still working with a sustainable company, but it wasn't, you know, really what I wanted to be doing. Um, and then both me and my partner got sick with COVID and um, both of us actually had to leave our jobs because of how sick we were. Um, you know, after that two week quarantine period, we still felt horrible, couldn't really do anything like physically exerting and my job was pretty physical. So um, at that same time, I had been looking for um, a composting service for just us to use because when we lived in New Hampshire, there was one up there called Mr. Fox. And um, so I'm looking around and I can't find anything. I'm like, where is a composting service? You know, I really want to start that up now that we're back in Jersey. Um, and I noticed that there wasn't one and there was one in Philly, but there wasn't one here. Hmm. And we had just both lost our jobs. And I said, well, let's, uh, let's, fill that hole I guess <laughs> not doing anything else so it's kind of happened really randomly but um it I guess everything happens for a reason yeah and Garden State composting was born it was well I'm glad that uh you and your partner obviously are are now healthy and 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 thriving and the business seems to be flourishing how is business it's great. Um, we have been going now for about three months, full, full, uh, full time. And, um, we have had really good growth. People in the community are super excited, which I honestly wasn't really expecting to be honest. Like I, I did think that there was going to be a lot more education required, but it surprised me, you know, how many people were already looking for something like this and how excited people were. And that's been, even more of a motivator to kind of get the word out even more because I'm seeing how many people have been just waiting for us to come along basically. Well, good. Let's talk a little bit about that. We want to see, you know, exactly how that learn exactly how this works. So um, first uh, do you work only with individual residences or can small businesses utilize your services as well? How does all of that work? Yeah, so right now we're just doing residential customers, but we are um, hoping to start accepting small businesses, um, particularly cafes, um, you know, and smaller restaurants, nothing too big yet. Um, but, you know, we kind of wanted to get our foot in the door with individuals first, but we are looking to start expanding to, uh, to like local cafes, get their coffee grounds, that kind of thing. Well, and you know, living in Haddon Heights and, mm -hmm. and growing up in Haddon Township and being familiar with Collingswood, we have uh, just along Haddon Ave, there are quite yeah. a few uh, restaurants that I'm sure and cafes yes, that would be happy to provide you with, uh, with, with their scraps for composting. Yeah. So, well, good. So, all right. So you're starting off with just, just res residential mm -hmm. and how can folks, if they decide they want this kind of service, if they if they want Garden State composting to come and and pick up their their composting scraps, uh, how do they how do they make that happen? So it's super easy. Um, we have it all set up on our website, GardenStateComposting.com, and under the pickup tabs is um, the pickup tab on the website at the top. You can choose um, either weekly or biweekly pickup option depending on how much food waste you produce. Obviously, if you're like me and it's just me and my partner, then not a lot. But if you have you know a family and you're cooking all the time, then you know weekly is definitely good. Um, and then you just sign up for the plan that you're looking for. And then we reach out, we get all your information. We put you on um, 
our route, we give you all the materials, we give you the bucket and the bucket liners and the list of what goes in there and what can't go in there. And that's it. And then you just put it outside either, you know, every week or every other week and we take it from you. And where exactly does this, you know, do folks food scraps end up, right? You come and you pick, you pick everything up, you, you then do what with it? Yeah, so we take um, the food scraps to our partnering farm. It's in Media, Pennsylvania. It's an orchard. Um, and they just use the scraps um, for compost. They turn it into compost for their fruit trees. Very nice. All right, so <laughs> let's uh, let's get our hands dirty a little bit here um, and talk about what is the, exactly is it that we can compost? So let's, I, let's say I want to do the service. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have food scraps. So what exactly is it that I can put in this bin that you provide uh, for pickup? Yeah. So um, I'll start by saying the advantage to using a service like ours is because it's going to a very large pile, which makes it easier to compost more things. If you're doing it at home, the list is more limited because you want to keep things out that would be extra stinky or whatever. Um, but if you're Got using it, our that's, service- that, that is an important distinction, it, right? It is, yeah. So what you're about to tell us, I can compost, isn't necessarily something that an independent individual would compost. Right. Okay. Exactly, exactly. Um, so you can compost just about everything besides in terms of food waste, besides meat, obviously, um, meat is a no go, no meat or fish. Um, you want to avoid dairy, but like a little bit of cheese on a, on a salad or, you know, whatever a sandwich isn't a big deal. Um, but all fruit and vegetable scraps, you know, or whole fruit and vegetables, including peels, pits, anything like that stems, um, grains, crackers, pasta. Uh, we can either, we can even do uh, coffee filters with the coffee grounds in them. Um, coffee beans, nuts, seeds, um, eggshells and tea bags. If you take the staples out of them, um, any clippings from flowers and plants from inside. Um, and hopefully we're, um, going to be getting a larger, bin option for yard waste because yard waste is very important to the compost mixture. Um, but because we're adding to such a large pile, which is also being added to by other, um, people and other businesses, uh, it's not really necessary, but again, like if you were doing this on your own, you would definitely need leaves and grass trimmings and things like that. Very good. Mm -hmm. Um, that's helpful. Yeah. Because, I, well, no, now I'm going to pause <laughs> and ask you because, all right. So you just ran through what you will do. All right. So if mm-hmm. I'm an individual and I was doing this on my own, I was doing my yeah. own composting. Mm-hmm. Um, what things did you mention that I probably should stay away from? Um, anything that really isn't just fruits and vegetables, I would stay away from, okay. um, except for like coffee grounds and filters are fine because the filters, obviously they're wet. They're going to break down super fast. Um, and absolutely no dairy, like, no, don't make a mistake with the dairy because it'll get really stinky and it'll attract animals. And, um, that's no good. Um, and also I would say avoid things like pits because they're not going to break down quickly. And it's just going to be this lump, you know, in your compost. And then if you're using a grinder to really like help it along, it's going to end up dulling your blades or whatever you're using to till your garden. So I wouldn't do that either. Um, and I would say also 
what we can accept too are like the compo compostable bags that you would find at a grocery store or um, the liners that we actually give for collection. And I would say, don't put any of that stuff in like a regular bin that you would have in your backyard. Got it. Perfect. Um, all right. So I'm going to bring up uh, a, a type of composting that mm -hmm. some folks might find a little interesting mm -hmm. and would definitely want to stay away from. Yeah. Um, and that is uh, compost. Am I saying it correctly? Vermicomposting? Yeah. Yeah. Like vermin, vermicomposting. Okay. Vermicomposting. Yeah. So what is vermicomposting and what are your thoughts on it? Vermicomposting is composting with worms. Um, and I think it's wonderful. Um, it makes a very amazing end product. Um, the castings that worms create when they're eating food scraps is really, really nutrient rich. And, um, you know, there's no harm to the worms. They're just living in a bin, eating their hearts away. Just, they love it. <laughs> and it's a really cool passive way to do composting as well, because, um, you're not adding yard waste, really. It's a lot of just like, um, food waste that's already starting to decompose and they just reproduce on their own. They eat it. And basically their poop is what you end up using for the compost. It's, it's really, really cool. Um, we're actually meeting with, um, a guy who is starting a worm farm. So we're going to be partnering with the roomy composter pretty soon, which oh, is going wow. to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've seen doing a little bit of the research for this conversation. Um, I noticed that people can hop online on Amazon and buy their own vermicomposting kits. Mm -hmm. It's really you, easy. Yep. You could have worms in your kitchen as we speak. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've, you've been, um, I, I've obviously involved in, in this composting, um, community, uh, for, for quite a while. Um, as we all kind of become aware of some of the flaws with, traditional trash and, and recycling collection composting. It seems to be like a logical and, and pretty essential next step for people to, to, to get used to. Mm -hmm. um, how have you seen the composting community evolve in recent years? And, and what do you see? What do you foresee the future is like for composting? Yeah. So um, I would say, there's been a lot of really amazing strides that have happened recently. I think that composting a lot of the time started out as something that people were doing in their backyards just because they had gardens or farmers needed it and they were making it um, for their plants. But it wasn't something that a lot of people were doing, um, you know, more recent history, just, you know, out of, you know, wanting to save waste. Um, and when I moved to New Hampshire and saw this composting service, um, I thought that was really, really cool that all these businesses and a ton of individuals living in the community were paying for a service like this, even though they weren't necessarily getting anything, you know, you could say they're not getting anything out of it if mm -hmm. we're talking about like an exchange of goods. Um, but I think the really important point there is that it's like investing in something or donating to something you could say that's important to you, like donating to your favorite public park or, um, you know, with your taxes or even donating to like the Audubon Society, something like that. Um, it's investing in something that you think is important for yourself and for the community. 
And what you're seeing with that is because of this grassroots movements is that the you know, municipalities are seeing that there's a demand for this kind of thing, that people want this just like they want to be able to recycle. And um, actually what's happening in media where we're bringing our compost is um, one of the companies there, Kitchen Harvest, uh, who has helped us a lot with the whole process of getting started. Um, his service became so popular that now media is going to offer composting to all of their residents for free, basically as a you know, normal waste management practice, like you would put your recycling or regular trash out to the curb. And it's gonna be something that's paid for by the you know, municipality uh, to the company that does the hauling and it'll be paid through uh, tax dollars. So you're seeing like these, it might seem like at first, you know, oh, I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting something back from what I'm putting into this, but you're investing in something that's important. And eventually it'll be, the more people that do that, it'll be available to everybody for free. And that's mm -hmm. kind of um, what the eventual goal is, I think, for anyone doing what I'm doing is trying to make it available to everybody so that um, people aren't asking that question. Well, why would I spend that money to do this service? Um, but like you said, it is really, in my opinion, the next obvious step in terms of waste management. Um, and it's so simple and beneficial that I don't know why more people and more places aren't doing it. So eventually you foresee a scenario where towns like our towns, right? Collinswood, mm -hmm. Haddon Township, um, Haddon Heights and others mm -hmm. uh, would just offer this as a service, just like we do trash and recycling. Um, have you, that would be quite a scale, an upscaled operation, right? Your business would have yeah. to scale pretty significantly to Very take on something so. like that. Yeah. Um, is that something that you foresee? Do you, do you have a, a growth plan that would allow you to engage, say, a, a sustainably forward municipality like Collingswood, for example, um, for you to engage the commissioners here and, and say, hey, why don't we offer this as a service for your residents? Yeah, it's definitely something that we're trying to work towards. Um, we've already reached out to a lot of the green teams in the area, which um, the green teams have this uh, connection with uh, Sustainable New Jersey, where they can make these actions with um, that have you know to do with different things like food waste would be one of them, um, but also like public parks things like that, um, and if you connect with the green teams and you work with them eventually that specific town can say oh this is a service that a lot of people seem to want let's offer it so hopefully it would be like one town at a time um, but eventually we do want to buy land in Jersey as a transfer station so that we can and larger trucks so that we can actually service like very large um, uh, communities um, so that's definitely part of the eventual plan. Like I said, we've only been going for about three months, so I'm seeing that years ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. I mean, you know, from, from three months to just taking over South Jersey, I think we can, I think we can manage that. Um, yeah. uh, for folks who are listening, you can go to the Garden State Composting website, and there you'll see a list of the towns and, and municipalities that Garden State Composting serves. Um, what is that website again, Katie? Yeah, it's gardenstatecomposting.com. Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, anything else you want to share with us? 
No, I think that's it. Um, I guess I'll also just drop our Instagram handle too, because we, we do these uh, fun impact statements each month. Um, so our, our uh, Instagram is also just Garden State Composting. That's our handle. Um, and we do these uh, math equations, I guess you could say, where we calculate the carbon dioxide equivalent of uh, the impact of keeping that food waste out of the landfill. So it's really cool. Um, our members and people just follow us can see um, real tangible um, impact of keeping the food waste out of the landfill and um, avoiding the methane emissions from that. Yeah, I mean, that is the significant thing here that we're talking about, right, is how, why is it that that this type of effort um, actually is is helpful and it, because of the way in which that methane gas is trapped uh, mm -hmm. based on the type of composting that you're doing, or exactly. well, I should say based on the fact that you're doing composting as, right. a part, as opposed mm -hmm. to just putting that stuff in a landfill. Right, just um, sits on top. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, Katie, thank you so much for... Uh, this for benefit business that you are, that you are doing, um, you know, businesses that can help make our communities better, uh, that can make our planet more livable for the long haul, uh, are definitely always welcome on for the public. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. September isn't only marking the end of summer this year. September 4th, hundreds of thousands of New Jersey workers will stop receiving federal jobless benefits. The extra $300 per week will end. The extension of benefits for 13 weeks for those who exhausted their state benefits will also end. This includes the benefits provided to those who historically have not been eligible to receive unemployment, folks who are gig workers, freelancers, and independent contractors. Now, if you haven't received aid or certified for weeks prior to September 4th, you can still do so and receive benefits for those weeks if eligible, but nothing for the weeks following September 4th. This will come as welcome news for those who feel the extra benefits were keeping people at home rather than working. For this episode, we're not wading into the debate about fair wages and living wages, though there's certainly lots to cover and unpack there. For now, we focus on those for whom the end of benefits represents a blow to their ability to make ends meet. Ashley Balserzak covers affordable housing in our state. Her recent contribution, published by the Courier Post, provides details and links to the types of state and local assistance available to struggling families. While the federal support ends, New Jersey will continue to offer housing and food assistance. Local resources are available for child care, mental health, legal assistance, and substance abuse aid. New Jersey helps with heating and cooling bills for those in need. Free job training courses are available, as well as for those looking to upskill to create new job and career opportunities for themselves. The state also has a job board where more than 1,600 companies post their openings. This site includes a tool that helps those considering a change in career. So while the enhanced benefits are ending at the federal level, New Jersey and our local governments want to see those who need it take full advantage of the programs and benefits that are here to help. For access to these benefits and supports, search CourierPostOnline.com for the article, Federal Unemployment Benefits End This Weekend. Here are New Jersey programs to help families. Or visit the show notes at ForThePublicPod.com. 
Burlington County gives us one final thing to take us out on a special high note. South Jersey welcomed an unexpected resident this week. In a section of Joint Base McGuire-Dix Lakehurst, being called Liberty City, a woman who fled the Taliban in Afghanistan gave birth. In a statement released by the military, the mother and the infant, quote, were transported to a local hospital where doctors said they are both doing fine. Of course, since the birthplace was U.S. soil, we welcome a new American. The Joint Base is expected to provide temporary shelter for up to 9,500 Afghan refugees for up to a year. These refugees are individuals and their family members who assisted U.S. forces deploy to Afghanistan over the past 20 years. For more on the story of this new American, visit BurlingtonCountyTimes.com and search for the article by Jim Walsh, Baby Born at Afghan Refugee Camp in South Jersey Military Base, or visit the show notes at ForThePublicPod.com. Like many of you this week, I spent some unexpected time in my basement. The storms produced by Hurricane Ida had a devastating effect in our region, and particularly in Mullica Hill, where homes that once stood are simply gone. This was a moment that made something of global proportion, climate change, feel very local. It has been described as a one in 500 years event. And still, I can't help but feel as if there have been many such declarations lately. More and more with every year. Tornadoes in South Jersey? I grew up thinking of them as something that happened to little Kansan girls with shiny red shoes and their little dogs, too. We began this episode with Katie Doherty, doing her part to make a living, helping us all to live better, healthier, more sustainable lives. It's a nice reminder that if we do the little things collectively, it makes an impact felt here and hopefully well beyond South Jersey, too. Many thanks to Katie for joining me. By the way, she wanted to be clear that you avoid adding bread, grain, or pasta to your backyard collector. The carbs are good for adding to your waistline, but not to your compost bin. But be sure to throw those yard clippings in. For more information about Katie, her partner Ian, and the services of Garden State Composting, visit GardenStateComposting.com. That brings us to the end of another episode. If you know of someone who's doing good in your community and you'd like us to know about it, visit us at ForThePublicPod.com. Whether you get your podcast through Google, Spotify, Apple, or somewhere else, good reviews are appreciated. They expose more listeners to the show. We certainly want to spread the good news as much as we possibly can. Until next time, everybody. Cheers, South Jersey.